This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Yay, you did it. I and did today it. today we're talking about cinnamon sticks. Yes, it is almost Christmas when you're listening to this. Yes. It is uh, not even Halloween when we're recording this. Do you remember, have you seen the movie Almost Christmas <laughs> where a kid uh, goes on tour with Santa? <laughs> Wait, is this a real thing? No. Oh, it's, God, I thought you, okay. it's, uh, it's the it movie Almost tour. Famous, where, where the oh, kid goes yeah. on tour, tour with a with, band. But, yeah, Sweetwater. Uh, right, right, exactly. But yeah. it's still water, right? Still water. Yes. <laughs> You're right. But the Sweetwater sweet water. Sweet is a bar in Mill Valley, California. But also Sweetwater was a Seattle band. Oh, it was? Yeah. Wow, Sweetwater, Mud Honey. Yeah. Lots of sweet and muddy Green stuff. River. So I'm yeah. So I'm imagining a, a like a version of that movie. Only it's like a kid who's really into Christmas and gets to go on tour with Santa. Well, I bet th- this this has elements of the Polar, the Polar Express, Express yeah. where the kid gets to ride. But around what with Santa. doesn't happen the whole Polar <laughs> Express that would happen in this movie is that uh, the kid gets to fuck s- s- some Santa groupies. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because that's what every kid wants for Christmas. <laughs> Gross. I don't. And when I say kid, like this is like a seventeen-year-old kid. Like I don't mean like a child. Oh, and so part of the premise is that this this kid, quote unquote, uh, doesn't believe in Santa anymore. Oh, and, so and then, after this experience, oh, he wow, believes. Does he believes. He's a believer. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so I forgot to mention at the time. This is a porno. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is this a porno that that you wrote? It's a, it's a, yeah, I'm shopping the script around. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it'll be coming to you before Christmas, yeah, well. everybody. Get ready. Okay. Yeah, okay. Almost Christmas. That's yeah. the name of the movie. All right. So uh, this episode apparently was suggested by me. I think it was, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, here I we think go. At, at some point, like we decided, like you suggested, and I agreed that it was really important to do a cinnamon stick episode for the holidays. Oh, I, go me. Yeah. Good job, me. You said, you started out by saying it's almost Christmas. It is. It's almost Christmas. And maybe you have been using some cinnamon sticks lately. Okay. You're not going to believe this. I used a cinnamon stick on Sunday. I used a cinnamon stick last night okay yeah wow okay so really we we really are like the spirit has touched us okay but let's not talk yet about what we use cinnamon sticks for 
Okay. But first of all, let's go down memory lane and talk about what we have used cinnamon sticks for in the past, or maybe what our parents have. Okay. Why don't you start? Okay. So these were always in my parents' spice cabinet, and I remember them more for like their packaging than for their actual use. Do you sure. remember the little, like the white metal tin that some spices came oh, in? Oh, yes. Did it have like a plastic flip yeah. up lid? Yes. Yeah. That was either blue or red. Those those still I think exist. It was McCormick. Those cans. Spices. I don't think they're very common anymore but like i i feel like i recently like within the last year or two bought like a store brand spice that came in one of those cans i currently have some smoked paprika that's in one of those cans and i have some old bay in a can like that actually i think the old bay may be in a plastic tub but it's made to kind of look like the tin i'm I'm looking over at my spice shelf to see if i have one i don't think i do i need to look at it okay stand up Closest I have is a little can of saffron. But that's a classy looking can. That's not a tin. Anyway, so yeah, I particularly remember the sound of the cinnamon sticks when you would pick them up in their little metal tin and how they would rattle around in there. Because most of the other spices were very silent. (laughs) This was a noisy spice. Silent, silent spice. Yeah, it's one of the Uh, spice girls. (laughs) <laughs> Silent Spice was was kicked out of the band for obvious reasons. Well, actually, she became a Christmas icon because she's okay. she's an essential ingredient in Silent Night. Silent, Silent Spice. Spice, yes. Yeah. Oh, right. They had their their uh, their their Christmas number one song, Silent Spice, <laughs> that was sung by Silent Spice. Yeah. It was acapella because the rest of the band, you know, she'd left the band. (laughs) Wait, when you say acapella, do you mean like there was no sound at all? Is that what you think acapella? (laughs) No, I mean like that there was no instrumentation. Oh, okay. But oh, because because she was she she left the band. Oh, okay, and she had played all the instruments (laughs) because she couldn't sing because she was silent. But but I mean, like that also implies that she didn't make any noise by like playing the triangle. This or is getting confusing. I'm going to I'm going like, to carry on. I don't on. understand why they hired her in the first place. I got to say. <laughs> I'm going to carry on. Anyway, so I feel like the occasions when my parents used cinnamon sticks were few and far between. Yeah, same here. I think I, I remember a time making mold cider. Yeah. Like maybe once. I, yeah, that definitely happened. Like, I think maybe sometimes we'd like have people over and it would be like a party. Um, uh, yeah, I remember that and, too. And and there might be like some spiced cider. This, I don't know if I'm remembering a real thing that happened, a thing that happened yeah. in a Hallmark movie, or a thing that happened at someone else's house. Yeah, it, it's those are my there's three, really no difference. Three classes of memories. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. So I think that they probably went into some sort of beverage at some point. Yeah. And I'm also thinking that my mom occasionally made poached pears. Oh, okay. And I can imagine a cinnamon stick being in the poaching broth. Oh, yeah. But then again, so the the poached pears that my mom did that I really remember, well, so she did a red wine poached pear. That sounds classy. Doesn't this sound like so 90s? It really does. You know what I was talking about the other day? Sorry to interrupt. Speaking of so 90s, remember car bras? People would have like, like a black kind of like vinyl, like, Yes. strapped onto the front I of their always, cars. I always refer to them as shower caps. Okay, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, and like, this was, they were so ugly, and this was a real thing that pe- lots of people put on their cars oh, yeah. for, I don't think, any real reason. Well, no, but was the idea like to protect your head bumper? <laughs> no, it didn't even protect your bumper. Uh, no, it, like, I have no protected idea. protected your grill. It pre- yeah, I guess it protected your grill. Like it kept, maybe it, 
It kept like bugs out of the grill. Maybe it kept or? bugs out of the grill. Who cares? I don't, I don't know. I got so but many bugs in my grill. I think like it was. It was like I think like a pure fad because like I think people got them because they saw that other people had gotten them, what? even though they made no sense. What also was the point of? Um, so do you remember like Max Headroom? Yeah, who had the glasses sure. that had like um, s- like those kind slits. of slits. Yeah. Those slits, you know, I think st- first appeared in the back windshield of cars like Camaros yeah, or Corvettes. Right. And what the heck was the point of those? Were they like an I anti-reflective mean, thing? I think the or? point was like if you can see through the back window, then your car isn't dangerous enough. Oh, that's a good point. Right? I can. I know. I, this morning driving over here, I was thinking this car would be so much more fun if it had, if it had no windows. If it had no windows at all, Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Can I can I continue? Yes. So my mom had like a red wine poached pear and I can definitely imagine a cinnamon stick in there. The poached pears of hers that I really remember though, these I don't think had cinnamon sticks, but I'm going to tell you about them oh, anyway. It was a poached pear. I don't remember what it was poached in. <laughs> That seems kind of important. But then she would dip the entire thing in chocolate. Oh, wow. And there is a photo of my mother somewhere peak i think late 80s or early 90s she's wearing a fur coat <laughs> okay and she's holding a tray wow, Tony Negroni just got canceled she's holding a tray of these chocolate covered like whole pears that are covered in chocolate whole peeled pears covered wow. in chocolate dipping fruit in chocolate is like as 80s as a car prop right yeah right like we dipped our fruit in chocolate we dipped the front of our cars in vinyl yeah yeah, exactly. It's one and the same. Yeah. Uh, what both, about you? Both delicious. What about you? What about like, your... Was that good? Okay, wait, two questions. Was that good? It like was good. Like a poached pear dipped in chocolate? It was good. How many different poached pears did she have I in the repertoire? She, I'll ask her later today, okay. but I think she had two poached right. pears. Yeah, I think she had two poached pears. I, I also want to add that in this photo of her with the poached pears, she's wearing red lipstick. Uh-huh. She has her hair down and it's like naturally wavy. And I think she had red nail polish. My mom at that time had long nails. Wow. And she always had them like, you know, painted some bright color. Sounds sounds like like an like an 80s like music video lady. She was she I always felt like she looked a little bit like like a less sexed up version of one of the Robert Palmer girls. Oh yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, like dark hair, you know, intense lipstick, nail polish. Yeah. Yesterday I learned that a friend of mine had never seen the November Rain video, <gasps> and I said, I know what we're doing for the next nine and a half minutes, and it really changed his life. Oh, my God. How was the like the, the tongue slip, the, the Stephanie Seymour and Axl Rose kiss? Everything in that video is perfect. Oh, God. And her wedding dress? Yes. With, like, oh, the my flouncy God. skirt? Like, with, with, like, it's like the mullet wedding dress that's, like, short in the front. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, I did not come up and with And then that Slash going outside the church, which then becomes a tiny temple in a oh, desert, yeah. and he's playing his guitar solo? Yes. Uh, my, my friend's comment on that was, Slash's deep knee bends are really making my making me feel my own senescence oh wow <laughs> nice yes. nice use of senescence yeah i was very impressed <laughs> okay okay matthew what about your memory lane i also like i could not tell you like what is something that we actually used cinnamon sticks for besides spiced cider i do remember like seeing them on the spice shelf and thinking oh that's one of the special spices and i hope like someday like we get to use one, one of those like what were the other special rattly spices that were not silent spice 
Because um, there is nutmeg. Yeah, except I have to say, I never, my parents always had ground nutmeg when uh, I was yeah, a kid. I don't know if we actually had any I, other whole spices. Bay yeah, leaves. I didn't encounter a whole nutmeg until I was, I think, like living on my own. Yeah, no, that that, that was like a defining moment. Oh, right? it was. I've never bought ground nutmeg ever since because I'm such an asshole. Yeah, I think I w- I'm the same. Yeah. Maybe we had whole cloves. Well, oh, yeah, everybody's yeah. got to have whole cloves. I mean, what else are you going to stick in your oranges? That's right. No, I, w- I would never eat an orange without, without? without sticking 300 whole cloves <laughs> into it first. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Matthew, I, I, again, sorry, listeners, we're recording this episode on September 30th. Uh-huh. But um, Why do you have to peel the curtain back I'm like that? I'm so uh, looking forward to all – like, so Matthew – do you remember this about me? This is something I've only learned about myself in the last like five to eight years. I love the lead up to Christmas. Yeah, no, like, I do know this about you. I like my spouse is continually surprised because I'm not a big like holiday or birthday person. Do you do you uh, and your mom already have I, a, like a Google Doc started for what you're going to put in your Christmas cookie tin? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. But I get so excited about like cutting down the tree putting up the tree. Wait, do you you always do you go to a Christmas tree farm where you cut your own tree or do you just steal a tree from your neighbor? No, no. We have uh so as you may remember, part of our yard is literally like a Pacific Northwest jungle that oh. just the other day I was saying to Ash like I don't even know why we try to tame this. Like nature just wants to be nature. Yeah. Anyway, but so two out of the last 5 years we have been able to cut down a volunteer from our yard. I did I didn't know this at all. Because it like I mean Everyone, if you've been to Seattle, you will know what I mean. Like, if you give nature a, yeah, a no. chance, it is going to grow something massive It's true. Here. Like, a lot of people live in places where they look around and like, hmm, I wish we had more trees and greenery. And Seattle, like, trees are like a pest. Yeah, trees are like, if you don't properly maintain your one square foot of yard or whatever, soon it's going to be completely overgrown with stuff. We grew a couple volunteers. I mean, they were small, Matthew, but they were sure. like... Like I love really a small Charlie cute, Brown Christmas like tree. Charlie Brown yeah. Christmas trees. And one of them was growing too close to another tree, so that was perfect. We yeah. needed to cut it down anyway. The only problem is the trunks of them were like so narrow that they don't fit in any Christmas yeah. tree stand. And so we so would you have just to made like June hold it up for a few weeks. The two years that we did this, we had to like really figure out how to stand this thing up because it was just it was not going to work in any Christmas tree stand. So, okay. So first of all, do you, how did you stand it up? One year we took a like um, half gallon mason jar and filled it with rocks okay. and then stood yeah, the yeah. tree up in it. Another year we did successfully find a stand for like mini Christmas trees, but even, but then the stand was very tippy. It's like too shallow. Do you have your sights on a victim for this year or are you going to have to go commercial? So uh, we're going to have to go commercial. Okay. So the, the the other few years recently that we have not had a volunteer that we could cut down, we have gone to a Christmas tree farm like uh, an hour mm-hmm. or so away from here. And uh, it's always really fun. I mean, it's muddy and it's yeah. cold and it's rainy. Yep. I remember um, all of this from childhood. But 
It's like so delightful. I mean, what else are you going to do on a winter weekend in early December? Yeah, this uh, th- all this is going to be a B plot in the movie o- Almost Christmas. Almost Christmas. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we cut down our Christmas tree. We uh, we always decorate the tree. We always cut snowflakes. Oh yeah. Uh, there's always cookie and candy making. I don't really like present wrapping, but I get through it. What else do I enjoy about Christmas? Oh my God, so many pine scented candles. <laughs> All okay. the pine scented candles. God. But then Christmas morning comes and I'm like, like I just, I don't care about actual Christmas day. Oh, it's, it's like all not about very the anticipation fun. for you. Oh God, it's all about the anticipation. For yeah, me. I can understand that. Yeah. I like, I like actual Christmas too. Okay. Like I feel. Do you listen to Christmas music? No, I'm not the one who puts on Christmas music, except that I love the Bad Religion Christmas album, Christmas songs. What? So, so good. It's a, it's a punk rock Christmas album. I like, don't feel great about non-classical Christmas albums. I, I understand what you mean. And, and generally I think I agree. But this one is just done so well, and they're like my favorite band. So, my spouse loves Mannheim Steamroller. No, I love Mannheim okay. Steamroller, which is not classical. No, I'll no, admit. I, I, but uh, my spouse loves a Hanson Christmas, <laughs> of course. Like, it is a, a profoundly important part of their childhood, their love for Hanson. It was one of the few bands that they were really allowed to listen to as a child. Oh, wow. And Ash and their sister love the Hanson Christmas music. And I, 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 I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying. But I kind of don't want to be trying. Is Hanson one of those bands that like seems like innocent on the surface, but if you read the lyrics closely? Like... No. <laughs> okay, great. No. No. In the time since I have known Ash, they have gone to a Hanson Christmas concert. That's awesome. With their sibling. That, I, I love that. You do? Like, I don't... Take I don't, my spouse. No, I don't, I don't want to go myself, but, like, that seems like, like it must have been such a, such a thrill for them. They were beside themselves. Yeah. They were so excited. Is there, is there a Bieber Christmas album? Not that I'm Not aware yet. of, but I'm going to know very soon Should if I'm wrong. we make a Christmas album? Probably. Okay. Okay. Like with all um, all songs based on in jokes from, from from the show. Yeah. Okay. Can I say what my favorite Christmas albums are? Oh yeah, please. Okay. So I really love John Fahey's Christmas albums. Okay. I the sort of know Cla- who that like is. A, like a classical guitarist. Uh, he has two Christmas albums, I think. I mean, I find them like staggeringly beautiful i can't get enough of them and then i also love of course uh charlie brown christmas yeah we often have the amy mann christmas album on which is very good oh i don't know that one um i think it's called another drifter in the snow oh okay um, if i searched amy mann christmas would i find it big probably yeah okay what makes like cool musicians do christmas oh it's they want to earn money oh (laughs) capitalism yeah okay i get Um, it well that's what makes christmas anyway i think in the case of bad religion it's that they wanted to do a bunch of like mostly like very religious christmas songs like totally like in their style but like not in a joking way at all and just see if that was kind of fun and it was cool okay Um, great all right i'll try it all right. So, I mean, I'm very skeptical. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do I like the run up to Christmas? Like, I think of myself as being too curmudgeonly to appreciate that. But honestly, I think I kind of do. Yeah. Okay. What's What's the thing that you are most looking forward to at this point? Well, I'm I'm the stocking stuffer. Okay. So okay. so it's like it's it's securing 
the stocking fillings. That is always fun, securing the stocking fillings. And like, who fills y- your stocking? You know, the, the other members of my family. Oh, okay, but you do the two yeah. of them. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't fill my own stocking. That would be... Just checking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that would be like what I did when I met my clone. I think that might have been something <laughs> we talked about before the episode started. <laughs> um, anyway, fill, filling my own stocking is something that you would see in the movie Almost Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, no, but like I like going to a Wajamaya and like finding a bunch of cool stocking stuff. Oh my god, I should go there this year to get Christmas stuff for June. Yeah, dude, um, that's a good idea. And like picking, picking, like wife of the show Lori likes likes getting some socks in mm-hmm. her stocking. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't even mind wrapping presents. It's always satisfying when they look really good. Yeah, I mean, no, mine never do, but like. It's okay. It's also satisfying to see them accumulate under the tree. It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know what I always like? When a box of presents comes from a relative and I get to open it and suddenly there are a lot of yes. presents under the tree that we didn't pay for. Yeah, it's, that's the best. I always like that part. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let's talk about cinnamon sticks. All right. What are cinnamon sticks and yeah. where do they come from? Do you have to find them in your yard? So I actually learned some things doing this Okay, episode. I think I'm going to as well. Yeah. I haven't really looked at the agenda. Well, I think that, you know, maybe other people knew more about cinnamon sticks than I did. I, knew I mean, that, I think some people do, but some people know less. I knew that it was a type of bark. Yeah, I knew but that too. anyway, here, let, let's talk about what I learned from mm-hmm. Wikipedia. So uh, cinnamon is a spice, obviously, and it's obtained from the inner bark of several evergreen tree species from the genus Cinnamomum. What, what would that be? Cinnamomum? I, yeah, I think Cinnamum. No, I don't. I. It's a toughie. Okay. Uh, we, you know, we did a cinnamon episode. It was a long time ago. It was episode number 249. Mm-hmm. I wonder what we said about cinnamon then. I maybe should have listened probably to it. Probably the same stuff, but it's okay. Like most, most of our listeners probably haven't listened to that episode. Great. Anyway, so I think cinnamon cultivation is kind of interesting. So we're, we're going to talk yeah, about this I here. Think, yeah. Do you think I'm the only one who thinks this no. is interesting? Okay. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to be the second person who does. Oh, good. Okay. So when a cinnamon tree, so again, like these, this is an evergreen tree and there are some different species of this genus that are used to make the spice we call cinnamon. What does it so, look like? Does it, I mean, when you say evergreen tree, like, does it look like a pine tree kind of, or no, is it different? It doesn't. Cause it, it grows in places that are hot, hotter than here. Like, you know, 
Sri Lanka, for instance. Okay. So I, I don't really remember what it looked like right. when I looked at if pictures. You, if you like walk up to it and sniff it, does it smell like cinnamon? You would think it does. I don't know. I would like to try it. Okay. Hey, corporate retreat right. 2022. Let's go to a cinnamon tree farm and okay. cut down our, our annual cinnamon tree. So when a cinnamon tree is about two years old, it is coppiced, meaning that it's cut down nearly to ground level. Okay. Okay. I knew about this. Because uh, I'm going to jump. Can we do a new segment that we're going to call Mini Mister Mini Etymology, or maybe Mini Mister Etymology, or like Mini Meester Etymology? Mini Meester Etymology. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Yep, that's what it is. Okay. A coppiced wooded area is called a copse. Have you ever oh, seen that that word like yeah. in a fancy book? I always figured that a copse was just a like a grove. Yeah, I thought so too, but I, it, it comes from coppiced. Okay, so let's let's learn about why they coppice yes, the trees. Okay. I don't know. It just seems so, mean. So what happens is when you coppice trees, it causes the plant to grow like a bush. So basically what it means is that Lots of new shoots emerge from the stump. Okay. As opposed to just like, you know, let's say one trunk with branches coming off of it, you get lots of little shoots that come out of one stump. Okay. Okay. Is that. Is that like the tree's way of, of like saying like, fuck you for cutting so. me down when I was two years old and like all of those shoots are middle fingers? I wish that would happen with the the volunteer Christmas trees we cut down. Oh, that'd be so, well, you didn't coppice them correctly. Oh, it's true. I think they weren't the right age or something. Can any tree be coppiced? Probably not. Probably not. It seems to me that certain trees I can't imagine sending up little, like, little shoots. I like how I said that as if I thought we were going to come up with the right answer yeah. just purely by deduction. <laughs> Also, I just said that I can't imagine certain trees sending up little shoots. Well, I'm not sure where where else I think trees come from. Yeah, they. No, I think a stork <laughs> drops them from the sky. Yeah. You have to be really careful when you go out in your yard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so um, it's these young shoots that are used to make cinnamon. Okay. Okay. And once they're cut down, the shoots are stripped of their bark while they're still fresh, and so the inner bark is still like damp. Kind of. Yeah, I can see that. And after that outer bark is removed, and I th- I think it's uh, at least in the production of certain types of cinnamon, the outer bark is discarded, I believe. Um, but anyway, the, the remaining branch, that like inner bark, is beaten evenly with a hammer to kind of loosen the inner bark, wow. which is then pried off in long rolls. How did people they figure, figure this, this out? out? Who knows? Like this, you know, people say like, you know, like how did so, you know, who first decided to eat an oyster? But that's just like, I found an oyster. I was hungry, right? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe it looked like a little weird, but uh, how did someone figure this? There must be, okay, first of all, there must well, have been an aroma that drew them in, yes. right? And I think that they, well, so hold on. We'll, we'll yeah. get to talking about the outer bark in a second. But, okay. Okay, so, but Thank anyway, God. once, so the inner bark is, is pried off in these rolls, right? And it is then dried. And as it dries, it naturally curls into what are called quills. We also call them sticks. Oh, wait. So so those aren't like hand rolled. No, right? no. It naturally wow. does this okay, when it dries. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. And then so uh, what we know as cinnamon sticks are cut as like once it's dried. Mm. 
what I want to talk about actually is a little bit of the differences between um, like these different species of cinnamon tree. Okay. So um, different types of cinnamon vary in their like texture, in the texture of the stick, as you may have noticed. So Ceylon, which is often called, uh, which is like Sri Lankan cinnamon. It's also sometimes called true cinnamon. Yeah. It is the, the, the cinnamon bark is thin and has a kind of more crumbling texture. Okay. And that's because it's made from only that very thin inner bark. Okay. Okay. But also because of something inherent to the the actual like Ceylon cinnamon tree. All right. Okay. Now, other types of cinnamon, for instance, cassia, mm-hmm. which is a different species actually from Ceylon cinnamon. But it's it's like the most commonly it sold is. cinnamon, right? It is. Okay. And so the thing is that um, cassia, if you have a stick of cassia. Which I do in my hand. Great. It is going to be tougher because all the layers of the bark are used in making it. Do you think I could break this with my hands? Possibly, but it's going to be really difficult. Yeah, I, I, I can tell I could, but I'm afraid like a spite, like a sharp bed is going to go flying off. And yeah, hurt, and, and we hurt don't. The, the show doesn't provide health insurance. No. So okay, I did oh, it. There it, we go. It was okay. We survived. So apparently, but it's pretty. It's pretty hardy. Um, apparently, it smells if, really good. If too. you took a stick of Ceylon cinnamon, so again, like uh, what is often called Sri Lankan or true cinnamon, mm-hmm. that you could probably grind up pretty easily at home and get a pretty fine grind. On the other hand, cassia being tougher and dense is going to be much harder to grind at home All right. and, and harder to grind evenly. Let's talk about this. Okay, so you've done this. Are you? Oh, it's spice grinder time. This says garum. Yeah, so I, I, I make my own garum masala. Yep. I always throw in like a length of cinnamon stick and just grind it in my spice grinder and it's cassia cinnamon. And it's not like super powdery, finely ground, but I don't think you'd notice any cinnamon chunks God, in there. It smells so good. Yeah, it's really good. Oh my god! Yeah, that it's got like cinnamon, great. cardamom, bay leaf, chili, cayenne. Well, so uh, you know, honestly, I'm a little bit confused even after doing this research because what I have often been told is like the really good cinnamon is Saigon cinnamon or Vietnamese cinnamon. Yes, that's what I usually buy from Penzi Spices. Okay, and I wonder it is that like the same species as. Ceylon or no, Sri Lankan? No, that's definitely a cassia cinnamon. Oh, it's still a cassia yeah. cinnamon. Okay. So I think, like, I don't think the Ceylon or Sri Lankan cinnamon is, like, better. Okay, it's, it's, it's milder. Just like, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the original thing that was called cinnamon, maybe? I also think that a lot I don't, of us, I, don't think, I don't mean it's worse either. It's just different. It's more delicate yeah. in flavor. I think that a lot of us, particularly in, like, American baking that tends to use a lot of cinnamon... Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of us might find that Ceylon cinnamon was almost like a little too soft for what we're looking yeah, for I in cinnamon so. flavor. I wonder like if there are if there are like recipes that like are designed to specifically highlight the the milder, like rounder flavor of the Ceylon cinnamon. I imagine there are. I, I would think so. 
Who knows? Because, like, because I mean, I assume it's probably like in Sri Lanka, it's probably used in cooking a lot. And like, you know, there have certainly been times when I've made like a curry or like a biryani or something. Yeah. Where like I thought it was too cinnamon. I made it with cassia cinnamon. Ah. I thought it was too cinnamon forward. And of course, I could have used less. But I wonder if like those recipes are often designed with Ceylon cinnamon in mind. Oh, that is a really interesting thought. Yeah, and I, I don't mean necessarily like recipes that are like written for an American audience, but like that the original version of that dish would have been made with, right. with Ceylon cinnamon. Well, and I wonder too if, yeah, I mean, if the Ceylon cinnamon would have been more appealing to you in the dish. Yeah, I might order some. I've never, I've never, like, I've never bought the Ceylon cinnamon. No, me neither. Okay. Um, well, so Matthew, I did put a photo here in our agenda of some cinnamon quills or cinnamon sticks uh, with Ceylon cinnamon here. You can see it almost looks a little bit like, what are those like little waif- rolled wafer cookies? Oh, the um, pichuline? No, yeah, that's an olive. No. Uh, um, no. Pyroline. Maybe? Spirulina. Spirulina, <laughs> yeah. It's anyway, something like pyroline. But it, it really looks like crumbly on the inside. Yeah, it does. Whereas the... Um, the the one that is cassia definitely looks tougher, thicker. It looks like a piece of bark. So um, anyway, I want to talk more. I want to hear more from uh, Mini Meester etymology. Okay. I mean, um, I wonder, like, before we get to, to Mini Meester, uh, <laughs> Leighton Meester's little brother, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I have do you no think, idea. Oh, right. So do you think they, what, like, that uh, they tried a bunch of barks and were like, this is the good one. I'm sure. I imagine I, so, I'm sure right? they, you know, they probably like cheese plated them. They probably cheese plated them. Of course like, they did. Like, come, like everyone come around, we're having a bark tasting. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, uh, well, this is actually not a mini Meester etymology. This is just a straight up Mr. Etymology. Okay. This is the big guy. Yeah. So um, early modern English used the names Canel and Canela for cinnamon, which are similar to the current names of cinnamon in, in several European languages. Sure. So in French, it's cannelle. Um, I think it's canela in uh, Spanish. Yeah, that sounds right. And th- they're all derived from the word canela, which is Latin. And it's so here's what's cool. Canela in Latin is a diminutive of canna or cana, which means tube for the way the bark curls up as it okay. dries. Okay, I wonder, I'm trying to think if there are any words like remaining in English that that are like tube related and have that root. Cannula? I, what's that? Um, oh, is that the thing you some, just said? No, it's some sort of medical term. It, okay. It's, uh, like, I think it's the oxygen thing that goes in your nose. Okay, there we go. I'm pretty sure, hang on, let me just, I'm going to find right. out. Canister? Oh, wait, can? <laughs> is can? Wait, is that... <laughs> But is that the same? I mean, it seems like it know. probably is. Uh, a cannula is a thin tube that doctors insert into a person's body cavity, such as their nose or a vein. Did they do that just because they're mean? Yes, Are exactly. they also the ones going around cutting down these two-year-old trees? Yes, yeah. Doctors. Um, this is very interesting. Yeah, but I feel like we... A can uh, seems too easy. It seems too easy. Like, are we going to stop and look it up, or are we I'm just going like, to let no, the mystery no, be? No, we're going to look this up. Okay, we, we let's look up the root of this. can. Um, Should I look up like etymology of can? Yeah, etymology of can. (laughs) 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 Hello, hello. Do you have Mr. Etymology in a can? Interesting. Is it different? This seems not quite right. I mean, what website are you looking at? Is like Mr. Etymology.com because that's a fake website that I made. Well, this is from Oxford Languages. 
I think that is um, can as in to be able. Etymology of a can. <laughs> Etymology of a can. Okay. Uh, gen- generally, a small cylindrical sheet metal vessel used to contain liquids, preserves, etc. That's what I use them for. So it comes from the Old English can, C-A-N-N-E. Uh, this looks like it's going in toward Anglo-Saxon. Okay. Is that different from oh, Latin? probably an earlier borrowing from late Latin canna, container, vessel, from Latin canna, reed. But is, is that, yeah, yeah, reed is a tube. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Cool. This is so exciting. Wow. That was Mr. Etymology just went on a journey. Wow. And came back with the goods in a can. Um, speaking of the goods, how do you use your cinnamon sticks? So I don't use them very often. Yeah. But I mean, we, it does seem like we go through like a few of them every couple years and then have to order more. So like I do, I, I probably most often grind them into homemade garam masala or put them in a, in a biryani specifically where like, okay. you know, it's going to be made with like a few whole spices that are going to get either picked out or surprisingly bit down upon. Oh, mm, love that. I use a cinnamon stick in my favorite mulled wine recipe. Okay. Which, didn't we do a mulled wine we episode? Did, yeah. And that was when I first found this recipe online. It's actually like a combination mulled cider and mulled wine. I remember this. Do you remember? It's yeah. from Bon Appetit. It uses a really like light-bodied red wine and apple cider. And it is delicious. We'll link to it uh, in the show notes. And I highly recommend making it. It is so I am not usually a mulled wine person because I don't love the flavor of like a bigger bodied red wine that's heated than sure. with like spices and stuff. But but this lighter red wine with the apple cider. Oh, so good. I'm going to make this like this very holiday season. It's so good. It's really so good. We should sit around and sip cider. We should. You put on here. Oh, I want to sit around and sip cider. That's I, I didn't pause to appreciate that image long enough. You're welcome. You put on uh, Moroccan dishes like tagines or stewed meats. Absolutely. This is, this is something that I always tell myself, like, I want to learn to cook like mm. tagines Ugh. and have not done so. And I think we need to do an episode episode on this, like get a guest who's like a Moroccan cookbook author. I think we absolutely should do that because I, I would love to learn more um, or I, I, yeah, I would love to have like a standard recipe for a great, maybe like lamb tagine. Yeah, that sounds Doesn't really that good. that sound really yeah. good? Let's let's aim for that okay. this winter. All right. Okay. You know, uh, what about rice pudding? I think a lot of rice puddings call for a cinnamon stick. I've never made rice pudding. Oh, you haven't? I've, I've certainly eaten rice pudding, and it's always pretty good, but like... I like my rice pudding pretty plain, I'll be honest. I put a vanilla bean in mine. Okay, that's that sounds pretty, good. That's pretty yeah. much it. But I do, I have encountered recipes that use... Vanilla beans are a thing that we've occasionally had on hand and like never used. Oh, there are certain places that I really like using vanilla beans, particularly... Um, Okay, so there's a roasted rhubarb dish that I make. Ooh. Um, you know, it's like basically rhubarb in a Dutch oven with uh, some liquid. <laughs> Sounds very appetizing. <laughs> I think it might actually be white wine or rosé or okay. something. And a little bit of sugar and uh, vanilla bean. That's delicious. Also, my friend Jess Fector 
uh, used to have a blog and introduced me to the idea of um, roasted apricots done in a similar way. Like okay. you roast them in like a kind of sweet white wine with vanilla bean. Uh, speaking of apricots, uh, this morning um, I was asked by a teenager of the show, December Totsti, to help open a box full of uh, Cheez-Its. And uh, I kept like reaching for like a corner, like a, a flap on the box. And they, and they were like, no, not that one. That's not the official way to open the box. And I'm like, next time, next time uh, you ask me to open a box, I'm just going to rip it in half like a cartoon strongman. <laughs> and uh, and wife of the show, Lori, said, oh, you mean like how Molly rips apricots in half? <laughs> Yes. So you Just have a, like you that. have a reputation around here yeah. now as, as like a, a fruit murderer. I'll, I'll I'll own it. And and she doesn't even know that you that she hasn't you, even seen me that do you it. cut down trees in your yard with extreme prejudice. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'm not done. Yeah. I believe there is a cake recipe in. A homemade life that is just a simple like white cake that I put vanilla bean in, and that is delicious. Okay. I mean, vanilla bean is so expensive, and yeah. yet at the same time, if you shell out for a couple of them and keep them well sealed, you can keep them for a very long time. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, they lasted a really long time at our house because we never used them. Yeah. <laughs> I have found that they keep really nicely in a mason jar that has a good seal. Okay. They stay nice and pliable. A mason jar that's full of rocks and has a small Christmas tree in <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Uh-huh. Anyway, but it's really nice to have around. Um, I mean, I definitely like the idea. And I think maybe sometimes Watzel used them in making ice cream. We, we went through absolutely. a homemade ice cream phase. Or if you're doing anything. That I it, hope will recur. You know, when I was in my early 20s and like more intensely francophilic Mm -hmm. i did more like tarts and things like that and i made like pastry creams and you always need a vanilla bean for that yeah okay um pastry cream is so good like i you know they make it all the time on bake-off um it's so good why don't we use that stuff more? yeah like i I was thinking about making homemade eclairs which i i know like there there would be problems but oh but but making puff or making um shoe pastry making shoe pastry is really quite easy yeah no i know um uh watzel and totsky took a cream puff class recently from uh a friend of the show sunoko sakai Mm -hmm. um and uh, and they made it. It was it was delicious, and it, it seemed like it wasn't very hard. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I think that you okay. should. Okay, maybe make I stuff will make. Uh, yeah. What about? Would you ever serve a mug of like hot beverage, whether hot cocoa, cider, I would tea, serve a mug whatever, of hot with beverage. a cinnamon stick as a replacement for a spoon? Are you? What if What if like someone came to your house and you said, <laughs> "Can I interest you in a mug of hot beverage?" I think I've actually said that to okay. someone before. I don't think I've ever done this, like used it as a stirring stick, but it seems like something that would be done like in a in a comic or a TV show. It seems like something that would be, uh, it would be like a food styling. A food thing. styling thing, like, like this, like here's how we're letting you know that this is like a seasonal hot drink. Yes. yes. I mean, it's, I mean, it's probably good. It seems like a waste of a cinnamon yeah, stick. Yeah, I guess so. And I also, so I don't understand sprinkling cinnamon on top of like, um, like yeah. a, a espresso drink. Although I generally agree, but for a short time there was this like super Italian cappuccino bar down by the art museum. Did you ever go to this place downtown? No, what like was it? it wasn't there very long. And they really like the cappuccino was their specialty drink, and they were like, you know, we do this Italian style, and if you don't like it, go somewhere else. And they did sprinkle a little cinnamon on. Have you ever had I loved the? It. I think it's the Cafe Nico at. I- 
Vivace. I love the Cafe Nico. Matthew, after we tape this, we should walk down and get Cafe yes. Nico's. I think we can do this. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I don't think I want to serve a cinnamon stick in a Okay, but I want to see it on a TV show. Of course. It's not Christmas if yeah. you have not seen it. There's going to be a lot of that in the movie Almost Christmas. Um, Matthew, uh, do we have anything else to say about cinnamon sticks? I do not. Well, I think we found so much more than I thought we would find yeah, to no, say we about learned, cinnamon sticks. They, we, we learned something about cans. Like, did you think at this point <laughs> in your life you were going to learn something new that nope. you never realized about cans? No. Me neither. No. Let's go on. On to segments. Okay. Would you like to read our spilled mail? I would love to. So our spilled mail today comes from listener Carly. Carly says, I would love to know if you could only buy five pantry items for the rest of your life, what would they be? Thanks. Hold on. Wait. By pantry items, do we mean shelf stable? I think shelf stable or like long time in the refrigerator. Okay. Okay. Um, I did not prep for this at all. So I I'm, I'm doing either. it on the fly. All okay. right. Okay. Diamond crystal kosher salt. Oh, I got to go with that. I got to take that too. Can I just copy all of yours? Okay. Diamond crystal yeah. kosher salt. A salted butter, rolled oats. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Rolled oats. Oh man, this is really tough. It is. I think I'm going to go with some kind of bean. Okay, I'm just going to put a bean. I I mean maybe garbanzo. Mm-hmm. But it's I'm just going to stick with a bean. And then oh, you go ahead. Okay, I'm, so I'm like stuck on four. Are pantry items distinct from from like condiments and flavorings, or are those do those overlap? Because like I I'm definitely putting soy sauce number one. Is that a oh, that, gosh, is that a pantry a, item? Yeah, that's okay. a pantry item. Kosher salt. I'm gonna. I have to do that too. Okay. Bread flour. Oh, okay, okay. Um, because like usually, like you know, I, I like making like pizza and bread flour stuff. Okay. All purpose would be fine too if it's good quality. Okay. All right. No, no, no. Looking around, this is off the top of my head. I am gonna say Sichuanese doubanjiang chili bean paste. Okay. Oh so god, I, that's a strong I'm, choice. I'm also up to four now. I, I figured out my fifth one. Okay. Olive oil. Olive oil. Yeah. I'm gonna say I was gonna I was gonna like just like cheat and just go peanut oil, but like okay, so really like these are my only five pantry ingredients. This is really tough. Okay, so I already got something spicy. Oh I, I need a vinegar. Oh you're right. You do or, need something acidic. Yeah, I'm gonna say rice vinegar. Okay. All right. All right. Wow, Nicely thanks, done. Okay, this is, Carly. This, this that sounds, was really Yeah, that difficult. was really fun. Can we combine our two pantries? I think we could, but we'd have to get married. <sighs> it's the only nope, way to combine nope. pantries with someone. Still, still can't get married. <laughs> I do not believe in combining pantries before marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, do you have anything you're excited about this week, a.k.a. a now but wow? Yes, I do. Uh, if you came to our most recent in-person live show, which was uh, like, I don't know, 20, 20 months ago, you saw uh, hilarious Seattle comedian Dewa Dorje because uh, she opened for us at that show. She's one of my favorite stand-up comics. And she has a podcast that is currently kind of on hiatus, but I'm uh, I'm hoping that if I just like put it out there, like it will encourage her to, uh, to restart it. Uh, it's called Dank Moms, and she co-hosts it with uh, another comic, uh, Shannon Coyano. And uh, the premise of the show is just two single moms get high and talk about whatever, and they are both incredibly hilarious people. And so it is always a ridiculous and fun conversation. It's just like, it's pure joy. 
Oh, that sounds great. Dank Moms Podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Awesome. Well, our producer, as ever, is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. You can also, um, you know what? We would love to hear from you what your five pantry ingredients are. Yes. Uh, You know, five. Okay, so the phrasing is, if you could only buy five pantry items for the rest of your life, what would they be? Yeah. Go tell us on reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, producer Abby will start a thread for this if someone else doesn't get to it first. Okay. Uh, and until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. What's a Spice Girls song? Uh, um, wanna Be. If You Wanna Be My Lover. You Gotta Get With My Cans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, if You Wanna Be My Lover, You Gotta Get With... Wow, My Cans is pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay, I'm Molly Weisenberg. (laughs) I'm I'm Silent Spice from now on. Okay. (laughs) All right, I guess we start the show now. Okay, do you? That was that was great. Do you remember when we tried to record the other day and I I totally messed up the intro because I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, Yeah, that was great. Do you remember when we recorded fake ads? Oh, God, that was really funny. Yeah, I don't remember what. Oh, it was one where you could, like, there was, it was like a true confessions line where you could call the past. Yeah, what was it called? Oh, it was like if one one nine hundred phone you, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> no, it was, like, it was something that was trying to be. Phone, phone-ular, phone-you. <laughs> phone, back to the Back to the phone year. That was it. Okay, great. We got it. (laughs) Wow. What was the other one? We were so proud of that at the time. (laughs) What was the other one? Uh, I don't remember. I know Abby has the tape. Okay. All right. right. Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' cold K-cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.